okay with day i am your host day and today we have a special episode you guys this is the second episode in our mini series on identity and i'm so excited because we have a special guest deandra chandler aka d the snarky mom she is a wife a mother a blogger an advocate for women and for moms everywhere and i'm very excited for you guys to hear this conversation it was so awesome she provides really good perspective just on her own experience with struggling identity with her identity as a mom and as a wife and i'm just so excited for you guys to hear it so without further ado let's get right into it here is deandra welcome deandra to the podcast i'm so excited to have you thank you so much for having me today (laughs) Deandra, aka D, the snarky mom on Instagram. I'm very excited. As you guys all know, we are doing our series on identity. And I thought she would be the perfect person to talk about motherhood and how that's affected her identity. So we're going to dive into all of those awesome things later on today. But first, y'all know what we do here. We do our some type of way. So Deandra, normally, on the podcast when anything is going on I started off talking about something that made me feel some type of way it could be something good something bad it's really just a way to help me get some stuff off my chest so I can go first so you can see what I'm doing and then you can jump in okay okay so uh, this past week something that made me feel some type of way is I was talking to my best friend and she was telling me you know I don't know if you do this sometimes with your friends where sometimes you just express how much you love them and there's just like a love fest happening out of nowhere but sometimes you need that you know and my friend said to me Dania I'm just so happy that I have someone who loves me unconditionally and shows me that it's possible and that I'm not a crazy person and it's possible to love me unconditionally because sometimes in my life with other situations and people I don't feel that all the time but when I talk to you you always make me feel heard you make me feel loved and you make me know that other people can love me on this level and it just has helped me like throughout my life growing in my self-esteem and I was just like Oh, it was so sweet. <laughs> and again, sometimes, I mean, even though they're your best friends, you talk to them all the time. Sometimes you need to hear these good things about yourself. So that made me feel so just warm and fuzzy on the inside. I appreciate her. She knows who she is. <laughs> what about you, Deandra? Uh, let's see. What's making me feel some type of way? Uh, you know, I think the thing that's making me feel some type of way is finding out that Kev on stage is one of those sugar on grits type of people. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that. I never knew. <laughs> I just saw that too. <laughs> I just saw that and I was like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how A I feel. Knowing that about him. <laughs> You know what? I don't know if I should say this, but see, I'm not from the South. So I honestly, I don't even get the grits in general at all. I don't get it. I can't get on board with it. I know. So maybe I'm canceled. My black people don't cancel me. I can't. I can't get on board. So whether it's a sugar or the salt I, or cheese, I heard cheese goes on it. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm from the South and it's, Butter, salt, you know, those are good. But the sugar, I'm I'm kind of new to that. I'm kind of new so to that. So is it like is it like majority of black people have it with salt and butter or and that's why it's just like super offensive? Is that it? <laughs> I think I think the majority of southerners have it that way. Southerners, okay. Yeah, I think it's a southern thing, so <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. I know he's getting a lot of flack for it too. I think he posted something about it too. Someone sending him a um, a DM how disappointed they were. Right, 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 right. No, he's not canceled. He's not canceled. He's not canceled. Good. (laughs) 
just don't know how I feel now. <laughs> now we, we we look at him just a little bit differently this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, thank you for that, Deandra. We are going to jump right in. So as I said earlier, you guys, we're talking about identity. And in last week's episode, I talked a little bit about my struggles with identity. And so we're going to talk a little bit with Deandra about her struggles with identity. So Deandra, the first thing I want to ask is, was that a struggle for you Um at any point in time, struggling with your identity. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about that. What was that like for you? Um, I think I've gone through just several evolutions in my, um, in my identity and in my struggle with identity. Um, I was raised um, in the South, as I stated before, in a very uh, religious household yeah and um and we were you know told what we were supposed to do and uh how we were supposed to feel about things and a lot of that um was based in restriction Mm. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot of freedom to just be and to kind of figure out who you were and how you really felt about things and, you know, just get really curious about those feelings. Um, It really wasn't until my um, young adulthood that I started to question some of the things that I believed. And that really caused um, a shift. Mm. I would say that was the, that was the first shift. Uh, When I, got out on my own and I saw the different ways that uh, of being and um, I started to question the things that I thought I knew. Mm. Um, And so that caused a very, uh, I would say an an inward kind of evaluation, like, Mm -hmm. Am, am I okay? Like, <laughs> is, is it everybody else or is it just me, you know? Mm. Um, and so I also went through a phase where I question my belief in, well, not my belief in God. I, I've always believed in God, but how, how, what is his function in my life? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I, you know, like I said, I grew up in a very religious household and um, I was told that you're not supposed to question God. Um, There was just this very, you know, fierce obedience uh, to the things that I was supposed to do. Uh, And that was probably one of the hardest times in my life Mm. when... um, I discovered that some of the things that I I thought I knew, I didn't know at all. Um, And so when I went through that phase where I was questioning God's function in my life, um, I went to a very, I was, I I, I was very depressed during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really know who to talk to because it felt like everyone around me knew what they were doing. And knew what they believed, and I was the only one that didn't. Mm. Um, And I will say, my husband, who's a very wise person, he really helped me through that um, that phase. But because I'm just kind of (laughs) stubborn, I wanted I wanted to figure it out on my own. You know, I wanted to be the one to fix me. and, and, and sometimes you do need people to come alongside right. of you and help you in that. Um, and that was something that I had to learn. Um, but, you know, fast forwarding a little bit. Um, I am, st- I don't have it all together. I am still searching in that way. Uh, what is God's function in my life? Uh, because I just realized that there were a lot of things that I was, I, I grew up believing that weren't true. Mm. And so um, I'm still I'm still there. I'm still searching. I'm still learning. Um, and I believe that God has been very gracious in that. Um, and so um, when I became uh, a mom, 
it really became important to me to really understand what it was that I believe because mm-hmm. I knew whatever I believe I was going to transfer that to my children. Right. Um, and one thing that was very important for uh, to me was that they felt comfortable in being whoever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's not something that I grew up with. I, I didn't yeah. grow up believing that um, I should be comfortable in whoever I am. I grew up believing I should conform to a certain belief. Mm-hmm. Wow. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. And second, I relate to so much that you're talking about because I also grew up in, you know, a religious household, a lot in the church. And a lot of those feelings that you're expressing is things that I've experienced as well, where, yeah, it's a lot of, okay, what they teach you, you just accept it, you don't question it, you take it as gospel and you live your life accordingly and this is a discussion i've had with so many friends especially who've grown up with me as well where we have to be open about questioning i actually just read this um a few weeks ago not a few weeks ago, a few days ago in the bible about god talk god saying test me ask me these things Ask the questions. And I think it's just so sad that a lot of times in Christian households, there is no room for questioning and for asking, asking things and wanting to know more and wanting to understand for yourself versus kind of just like regurgitating what is taught, you know, and for me as well, that was definitely something that, you know, shaped who I became because I, I, I became a person who like you just kind of did what everybody said you're supposed to do. I I think on the other hand, I, I didn't have as many questions until like a lot later on in life because yeah. I feel like I genuinely believed in what I was being told, you know, like I was, I was there with them until certain things and how happened in life. I was like, well, I, I don't know about this, you know, and I really had to start to like kind of evaluate. So I think the fact that you said too, that you felt like you were the only one is so interesting because it's so common, especially I think within the black communities, because of course, black, um, it's very common for black people to be spiritual and 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 go to church a lot of us are raised in the church and it, it's so common and I, it's crazy how we just kind of started talking about all this you know yeah so you talk a little bit about still kind of on this journey of discovery and that's something i really actually loved about your blog and your instagram page you are in your process of growth and evolution and you're sharing you're sharing all of these things so let's talk a little bit about first before we get to motherhood let's talk about being a wife because you said that your husband was very helpful for you in this kind of process of figuring it out but that you still wanted to figure things out for yourself how did you did were there any issues with identity um when once you got married like did you feel like especially like as you grow in the church and you 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 have these ideas of what you're supposed to be as a wife was that an issue for you and then how did you handle that once you got married yeah well my i my identity struggles um primarily came from what i saw in our household um, my, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have seen for the majority of my life is, you know, you're, be a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can, you know, be independent, take care of the things that you need to take care of. If you need to work, all that, um, you know, the message, although my mom didn't say this, the, the message that was being transmitted was, you don't need a man for anything, mm. you know? Um, and, you know, men will take advantage of you. If you give them an inch, they'll take them out, you know, kind of thing. That was a message that I was see, uh, seeing. Um, and so when I got married to my husband, um, I struggled in, 
in my identity as a wife because I believed that there was, in our relationship, I was supposed to make sure I wasn't taken advantage of. Mm. And so that didn't create an environment for vulnerability. Um, so you could see how that would kind of <laughs> feed yeah. into this thought that I need to fix me. You know, I, I can do it. I, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need any help. You know, I can do this. I'm independent. I'm strong, you know. So with him being um, very affectionate and very caring, uh, <laughs> you know, he was just kind of like, you know, why are you pushing me away? Yeah. You know, like, this is what I'm here for. And so, um, you, you know, we didn't, we didn't figure that out. And there are still some things that I'm just kind of like, no, don't touch that. That's mine. I'll mm-hmm. care of it, you know. But um, we 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 did come to a place where I allowed him to help me, and yeah. I I softened because I knew he was there um, for my benefit, mm-hmm. and you know, not to take advantage of me. It was it, it and it wasn't anything that he did. There was no issue of. Um, do I trust him? Yeah. It was just what I saw, you know? Right. It sounds like the trauma of your mom, she kind of projected her trauma onto you of just her being burned and understandably so. And then it creates this like hyper need for independence. And so this like, you don't trust anyone to even take care of you, you know, even if they show you that they're capable and they want to do that. It's like, no, you got to take care of yourself because you don't want to be burned. And everybody has to be, you know, we can, we, we got the control. We, we can trust ourselves. We can't trust you. And yeah. And it bled into the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, um, as we, as I grew in, in sharing my, um, most, you know, vulnerable places, um, our relationship just got better. And I, I really kind of got in the, the flow of, you know, really being, um, a helper, you know, a helpmate to him and, um, and allowing him to be a, a help to me. Um, and so, I'm still, there's still some things, like I said, there's still some things I'm just like, no, don't touch that. That's mine. I don't mm-hmm. need help with that. I can fix it. But I'm better. I'm better at, yeah. I at least uh, communicate when those times are happening. And he gives me the space to process it um, because sometimes you do just need that space. Because mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, sometimes you just don't have the words to say, yeah. this is what's happening. Um, this is what's going on in my head. This is the story that I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. And I need, especially if you're not used to it too, because it doesn't sound like that was something that was nurtured for you no. as a kid. No, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that you um, you have this amazing husband, first of all, who sounds like he's so patient with you and gives you exactly what you need. What was the um, what was like the the moment when you were like, okay, I need to take a step back and accept help? Like, was there any kind of like a epiphany that you had or anything that was like, okay, let me calm it down. And let me try to be more vulnerable, be more open or accept help. Yeah. I would probably say that it was probably during the time when I stopped working at the the first time I stopped working as a public school teacher. Um, I wasn't finding any joy in it uh, anymore. Um, and public school, and public education had was just changing so much during that time. Um, and I'm, I remember us having a conversation and I was telling him, you know, I'm just stressed out. You know, I'm just really stressed out. This is not bringing me jo- the joy that uh, it used to. Mm-hmm. I am not finding my rhythm. I'm forcing um, I feel like I'm forcing the issue. Like I'm mm-hmm. forcing myself to struggle through um, this place that I'm in, I, and I'm and I'm miserable. Yeah. And 
he he said to me, this is probably not verbatim because it was so long ago, but I he he said something to me and it was essentially, why don't you just quit? And I was like, what? I can do that? <laughs> right. You would let me do that? <laughs> and I, I believe it was at that moment I saw that, you know, he was more concerned about my welfare than whether, you know, I was bringing in any money or, you know, contributing in that way. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he was more concerned about me being in a place where I was experiencing joy and I was doing the thing that I love um, more so than, you know, you know, just, you know, contributing financially. Right. Um, and um, I, 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 that has permeated our, our marriage in a way um, that, you know, whatever comes up, I'm just like, that's the same guy. That is the same guy that said, why don't you just quit? <laughs> mm, I love <laughs> you know, because that. Because he cared about me. Um, he cared about me so much, you know. Sometimes, you know how they say, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and you got to remind yourself who you are. Sometimes you got to look at your spouse and you got to remind yourself of who they are. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, so we've kind of, we've for the most part overcome this, this sense of heightened independence. And we're now able to count on truly your spouse right and so what was it like then the transition into motherhood when you had your first child um that was a bumpy ride um (laughs) because um in the interim I had gone back into um well I had wanted to go back to teaching and um and my child was um I was my child was born and I just thought to myself, there's no way that I can stay here. Mm. I, I, and I never saw it coming because to be honest, you know, before having children, um, I, I, I really didn't want to have children. Um, I'm in that place right now where I'm like, no, it's a no for me. (laughs) Right. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm way too selfish, selfish, you know, Um, but I found myself after we got married. I found my I found myself wanting children, mm. and um, we had our daughter. And I was just like, "There's no way I can go back to work. There's just no way. I I I miss too much. Like I yeah. I was I became obsessed <laughs> with this little person because I was just like, I don't want anyone else raising her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to miss any milestone. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss a moment of her life. My mom used to joke uh, um, that I, I took a picture every day of her life. And I really did because <laughs> I, I didn't want to miss anything. And I didn't want yeah. her to miss anything. Um, so I, I stopped working for like, a, um, it was almost a year. So I think it was like 10 months. Mm-hmm. I put her in daycare um, when she was 10 months old and I went back to work. And I worked for a little while and um, it still just was not bringing me any joy. I didn't feel like I was in purpose at all. Although I, this is what I went to school for. And that's another thing I struggled with. Like I I went to school for this. I have these Mm. degrees and, you know, people, people are expecting me to do great things, you know, like, why would I, you know, quit working and be a stay-at-home mom? Yeah. But that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. I quit working. I became a stay-at-home mom, and I found so much joy in it. Wow. But that's not to say I didn't struggle because um, society, in my in my view, society doesn't necessarily um, applaud or. Mm-hmm. Um, appreciate appreciate you know being a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. you know um and so there's still some things that um I struggle with there but mm-hmm. 
at the same time, I was just finding so much joy and purpose in it. And my husband said something to me. He said, who better? Who better than to be at home with these children? But, you know, someone who has a degree in education. Right. <laughs> You're the most qualified. <laughs> and <Right>. their parents. <laughs> right, right. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I yeah, love it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? What you just said is, I think, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that keeps us stuck is just thinking about what's everybody else going to think? How right. is everybody going to look at me? And, right. you know, no one cares. Like the bottom, the bottom yeah. line is, yes, people might say this, but they might say it for like a one, two times. And then like they're moving on. And at the end, you are the one still living the life. And, you know, when we make the decisions to live our lives in order to please other people or because we don't want to be embarrassed or whatever, we are not in our purpose. We're not living in our purpose. We're not doing what is going to bring us joy ultimately. And I just love to hear that when you made that decision, you chose it for yourself and that your husband was on board and everybody, everybody important was there to support you in this decision. And I love to hear that you chose the thing that brought you joy. Cause I feel like that's just so important. And it's so, it's almost rare in these days too, because yeah. like you said, society, it's not society says go to college, do right. grad, then get a job and work, 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 work 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 till you can't even function and you can't even enjoy the money you make from work because you're just working all the time and sometimes it's just not about that sometimes it's really just about finding the things not sometimes all the time finding the things that give you joy so I just I love that so yeah. and you, you, it's interesting because you also sound like you, um, you have the opposite. I, I feel like of what, um, some moms go through, which is first when you get married, it's hard for you to kind of be the the nurturer in the relationship and the the person who's able to willingly um have your spouse your spouse help you and then when you become a mom it's like you have you, before that when you think about working and wanting to do what's going to make you happy is not like it's not in your head oh you can just be a stay-at-home mom and whereas some people I feel like would probably want to do go that route you yeah. or not want to go <laughs> that route you realize this is actually the thing that is gonna give me the most joy and I just love that and I, I think what this tells me is everyone has their own path. Everybody has what is going to yeah. be good for them. And you just can't look at other people to determine what's going to be good for you because we're all different people. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, just looking back, you know, again, you know, tying it into what I saw growing up. Mm -hmm. Um my mom, you know, there wasn't a day that she didn't go to work, you know, she would go to work when she was sick, you know, she would go to work when, yeah. it was, you know, um, when she shouldn't have been going to work, you know, mm -hmm. like she was just tired, yep. you know, um, and so I was just like, that's, that's, that's the life, right, you know, yeah. like, you're go to school, get a job and work, 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 work. And so I, I, I did struggle because I had never seen this type of life before. I had mm -hmm. never seen it ever. And so you're kind of creating a new life for yourself without any kind of uh, like thing to follow. How do you no. go about doing that? Like what, what's the plan? <laughs> you know? <Listen>. <laughs> <laughs> Fly by the seat of my pants. No, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I. I, I am kind of learning on the job, though. Um, but one thing I discovered early on uh, when I had my daughter, and I'm so thankful that I had my daughter first. Um, she was like textbook baby. You know, really. Met every yeah, met every milestone when the books, all the books said that she would. When all the pediatricians mm -hmm. said. That but she met every milestone, everything. Um, and so I got a chance to really be guided by her. Wow. And 
allowing her, even as a baby, to let me know what she needed. Um, and so a lot of people like to talk about how, you know, your motherly instincts kick in and all of that. And that's true. But a large part of that is being um, being able to tune in to what your baby needs because they're always communicating what it is that they need. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I allowed my daughter to take the lead and I I just came on board, you know, if, if you know, whenever she started talking, um, we had already established um, a schedule and all of that because I allowed her to take the lead in that. I didn't force anything like, you know, my second child, I, um, I sleep trained him, mm -hmm. but she, she didn't need that. I, she didn't need it. She didn't need to be sleep trained. Um, and so just like adults have differences, babies mm -hmm. have differences. You just kind of go with what it is that they need. Um, and so um, uh, I allowed myself to um, really just, you know, just be present, just be present yeah. with her. Um, and and give her what she needs and and that is what taught me how to be a mom you know and how to be a stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. um, uh, and I just really wanted to make her I just want I really wanted to give her the things that I didn't have you know yeah. it um, sounds like you're really you're able to almost like relinquish the control a little bit and kind of go with the flow in terms of motherhood, yeah. you know, learn as much as you possibly can instead of say, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. And let me make sure that this is happening as this is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, because I, I, I realized early on, you know, when they're newborns, they're going to cry. They're going to do whatever it is that they want to do. They're the captain of the ship. Exactly. And you just have to fall in line. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you learn. You just, you learn as you go. Yeah. 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 So when, since, you know, the stay at home, being a stay at home mom was your, was what you felt like you really wanted to do. How was that transition? Was it a seamless transition or did you have any struggles with, um, with your purpose or was it something where you got into it and you were like, yes, this is what I need to do. Yeah, no, it was not seamless at all. <laughs> you know, like some people, um, they're on like this straight path and mm. they know exactly, you know, what their purpose is and, you know, they're in college and they're working towards that purpose. Like that was not, it wasn't, it wasn't apparent to me yeah. that that was, you know, where things were going. And so there was a lot of pushback um, on my end um, with becoming a stay-at-home mom um, because, you know, at, when we think about purpose, as society paints this picture, you know, you're working in, um, at some Fortune 500 company mm -hmm. or, you know, you're um, creating some uh, charity or, you right. know, it's... It, it, it's very seldom, you know, being a being a stay at home mom, being a mom, and you know, raising uh, your the children and uh, and creating this family. Uh, that's not something that you see in maths um, when you talk about uh, purpose. Yeah. And so that wasn't something that I even considered as being a part of my purpose. You know, mm -hmm. I thought my purpose was to go to school, get a degree, get a job. I, that was my purpose. Mm -hmm. So I thought. Um, and so, yes, I struggled a lot with becoming a stay-at-home mom, even though it was bringing me so much joy. Yeah. Wow. So it's almost like you find something that is making you happy, but there's still like societal pressures and other people's, you know, um, ideas of what is acceptable what is right in your head and so you're not even able to fully embrace the decision that you made so what was the thing that kind of changed that for you like when did you realize and fully accept that this is your purpose 
um, when I started going to therapy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and um, because therapists have such a good way uh, of to help you see things from a different right reframing <laughs> yes, yes yes and when I started going to therapy uh and started getting really curious about why I was having the thoughts that I was having and why did I see things the way I saw uh, I saw things mm-hmm. um it really allowed me to reevaluate a lot of those things that I grew up believing in um and even you know things that were things that were fed to me that I saw and I, I came to believe as an, a young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely would say um, my therapist helped me to see that there are different ways of being and there are, and, and a lot of us, um, if we had a choice, we would want to raise our children. Right. Um, yeah. And it, and it, it was just that I hadn't seen anything like that. So mm-hmm. maybe a part, I, I, I think maybe a part of me felt like I was getting off easy, <laughs> you mm. know, just like, you know, some of, um, some of the societal beliefs uh, surrounding uh, stay-at-home moms. Like, right. oh my gosh, that's such a, you know, that's such an easy job. You must love that. What do you mm-hmm. do all day? Um, or even being lazy I've heard that too yeah yeah not having ambition you want to just live off your husband or and stuff like that right right Mm. I think all of that played a role yeah Um, and um, my therapist helped me to see that you know the person who um, went to school and graduated from college um, uh, and got these great, you know, opportunities that a high achieving person is still you, whether you're a stay at home exactly. yeah, or whether and you can use those skills too, to help you. Absolutely. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I homeschooled my daughter until she was ready for um, kindergarten. And so mm-hmm. when she got to kindergarten, she was already reading on a, a second grade level. Wow. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, um, uh, if that doesn't solidify a purpose, I don't know what does, but um, I would definitely say that uh, therapy helped me to see that, you know, you're, you're in purpose, you know, I love if that. you're finding joy, if you're finding joy and, um, you know, you're in purpose. Mm-hmm. I love that. You talk a lot about, um, you know, advocating for even womanhood, talking about womanhood, specifically motherhood, but you also talk about just being, finding that um, confidence in yourself as a woman. What would you say was the thing that really shaped your identity in your womanhood? Or maybe it was a couple things. Yeah. Um, when I had our second um, child, um, our, our last child, um, I, I was already on this journey. I was already evolving. Um, and I had come to this, uh, realization that I really needed to start making time for me because at this point, my daughter's older. Uh, she was five at the time when, um, our son was born and, you know, she was pretty independent, you know, um, she needed me for, you know, a few things, but mm-hmm. for the most part, she could do things for herself. And when I had our last child, it hit me that that same thing was going to happen. And I needed mm-hmm. to figure out what I would, what was I interested in? What did I want to do? You know, um, so much of motherhood causes you to, you know, be in service to yeah. other people that sometimes you you do forget about yourself. Yeah. And so I just kind of had this epiphany that I wanted to do things for me, you know, and I owed myself that. Yes. And so I started to really focus on the things that I want, wanted all the things that I liked. Um, 
some of which had, cha- you know, changed dramatically because, you know, I was just like, I, I really don't want to um, pursue this anymore because mm-hmm. that's not beneficial for my family. That's not, you know, and it's not, and it's not really, it's really not beneficial for me either. So right. there were things that, you know, I discovered had changed about me. Um, but there were also things that I still wanted to accomplish. And I think that realization caused me to, um, and I talk about this on the blog, you know, I, I caused me to fiercely um, fight to evolve and become yeah. the person that I've always been um, and not, you know, live under this, you know, expectation of other people, but really what, what do I want? Yeah. You know, curious about what it is that I want. Yeah. How do you balance that? Because I know that a lot of moms, like you said, they're when kids come, they're they are the priority. So you do have to think about their needs, especially when they're small. But then yeah, they grow up. How how are you able to kind of like maintain that confidence in yourself and and balance the meeting their needs and also meeting your needs and also meeting the needs of your husband because you guys have that relationship? How do you like balance all of that? Yeah, uh, well, I think the, the the first thing, the first understanding that I had to um, come to was that there really is no real balance, you know, mm-hmm there's an ebb and flow. Um, there's, yeah, there's more of an ebb and flow. And so there will be times where you focus more on you and mm-hmm. there'll be times focus more on the children. And there'll be times where you focus more on your relationship with your spouse. And so um, having that understanding kind of gave me the, the freedom to really think about how I evolve as a woman um, outside of motherhood um, yeah. and, and actually, you know, focus on that because, you know, there's only so much time. There's only so many hours in a day. And so to say that a certain portion of that time is going to be devoted to this and devoted to that, you know, is really, um, I, I really don't think that's a, a, a good way to approach it. Um, mm-hmm. Just because so much of life is, you know, it's just unexpected. It's just kind of yeah. go with what, what, what you're given. And so, um, I, I try to approach it that way. You know, life is, you know, ebb and flow. And, you know, today I might be focusing more on me and tomorrow I might be focusing more on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all okay because at the end of the day, if I'm good, guess what? They're going to be good too. Yes. Yes. What I love about this podcast is that I'm able to talk to people who are so different from me. And I mean, I'm not a parent. I probably won't be a parent. I mean, anytime soon, that's what we know for sure. And yet we have so many similarities because I actually just talked about something very similar in a few podcast episodes ago, just about the ebb and flow of life and being able to go with the flow. And that's something I'm hearing a lot from you of just once you are able to accept that this is just the way life is and that it's okay and kind of just go with it as it goes, you sound like you're able to have a lot more peace and joy in life and just be, just be overall more content. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, really what you're doing when you um, try to kind of rail against what life is, you know, you, you, you find yourself trying to kind of swim upstream and right. it's, it's such a hard, um, that's just such a hard thing to do when, uh, you can just kind of relax and kind of just free fall, you know, just yeah. kind of, I love, um, I don't know if you follow, um, uh, lovey, uh, Oh no, I don't follow her now. Well, um, she's a blogger and, um, well, she started out blogging, but she's wrote, um, she's written a, a I think two books now, but mm-hmm. anyway, she talks, she talked about, um, how she was going to therapy and she was talking to her therapist about, um, life and in general. And one of the things that her therapist said to her is, um, 
um, when she described life as, you know, kind of, she's not sinking or swimming and um, she's, you know, she's either sinking or swimming, something like that. But her therapist mm-hmm. said to her, why don't you just float? Yeah. You know, have you ever thought about that? You know, why don't you just float? And I, I kind of feel like I've embraced that a little bit, you know, like. I love it. I, why, why can't I just float right now? Yeah. I just said this. Either or, you know, either I sink or swim instead of seeing it that way. Why don't I just float? Yeah, I actually said, (laughs) I said in uh, like a few episodes ago, I feel like I'm a log in the water, but I was seeing it as kind of like a bad thing. Like, I feel like I'm just been just going wherever the tide is taking me because I just have no, I don't even know what's going on. But as I started thinking about it later, I'm like, I don't know if going, being a log and floating with the river is actually a bad thing. (laughs) And hearing you talk, (laughs) I know it's not a bad thing because obviously it's been working for you. I love that. And I think, honestly, I feel like if we all kind of took on that mentality, we'd be a lot more relaxed, honestly. Yeah, and it's a struggle. It's a day-to-day struggle. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, what is what is something that you would say to moms who who do lose themselves in their kids and who, you know, after their kids are grown, don't know what to do anymore? Like, what is your advice for moms who are struggling with their identities um, through being a mother? Yeah, um, I think the first thing I would tell... Um, all moms is losing yourself in motherhood is part of the process. You know, um, if you didn't lose yourself, you, you know, you wouldn't find the person that you're supposed to find Mm. Um, because losing yourself kind of shakes you like, wait a minute, you know, like, is this, what I'm doing with the rest of my life? Of course not, because at some point in time, this child is going to be grown. Mm-hmm. And I have to, and I don't want to wait until my, my child is grown to figure out what it is that I like about me. And I love that. what, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, and so I would say to, to, to any mom, you know, go with the process, let the process happen. You know, don't fight it. I see a lot of, I do see a lot of, you know, moms, you know, fighting that process. Yeah. But I think when you just go along with it, you end up finding someone so much better, so much more, you know, stable um, and firm in the things that you believe because mm-hmm. you've kind of been through the fire, you know, and you're just like, that, you know, that ain't working for me anymore, you know, like, um, and I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't necessarily know what I would say to moms who have, you know, reached the, the stage where their children are grown Mm -hmm. and still haven't found, um, you know, found them, you know, found what they like and what they love about them, um, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds, I think the advice that you gave earlier is very relevant to all moms. Even, you know, I think it could work in the same sense because I feel like you are, when you find what you love, when you're able to find something outside of your kids, then you're able to find the purpose when they no longer need you as much as they did when they were small. So I think it's all the same. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Deandra, for joining me. I love everything that you're saying. Um, b- not yet, but I'm going to give you a chance to plug all of your things. But before we do that, I like to end the podcast talking about something that God has taught me. And um so I'm going to ask you, what is something that you've learned that God is teaching you maybe recently that you feel good sharing? Um, one thing that God has taught me is that he can handle all of our big feelings, mm-hmm. you know, just like um, a good parent 
can handle, you know, a meltdown from your toddler or your teenager, <laughs> you know, he can handle it. He can handle all, yeah. our big questions, all our big questions. He's not afraid of it. He knew it was coming. Um, and, you know, who better to run to than someone who can handle all of that? Yes. So that, you know, God has taught me. I love that. Something that God has taught me is kind of similar. It's that God doesn't need our help. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like, okay, Lord, let me just help you out a little bit by doing this, you know, you know, let me speed up the process. <laughs> and then I get myself into trouble because then I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying to God is I don't fully trust you to work this out. So let me just do my, my little right. thing here. And God is just showing me he don't need me. <laughs> okay. Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't need my help. He got this. And right. all I need to do is just chill. <laughs> okay. And, you know, sometimes chilling, sometimes waiting is hard. Yeah. But God is just showing me over and over again. I got it. I got it. Release the burdens. Relax. I got this. And it's been life-changing in a time when, again, so many things are happening. Just knowing that he can take care of it has me at a lot of peace. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Thank you once again, DeAndre, for joining us. Now I'm going to give you the chance to plug yourself, tell everybody where we can find you, all the things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram and you can find me at D underscore the snarky mom. And um, my blog is um, the snarky mom blog um, But if you can't remember that, you can find everything at the link in my bio on my Instagram. Awesome. And I will put all the links in the description below in the podcast link. So don't worry, y'all. We can all go and find D the Snarky Mom on the links. Okay. Once again, thank you so much. It was so thank awesome you. talking to you. And until next time, you guys. Bye.